Turn in your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 20. Give honor to all of the ministry of this church. Our pastor in his absence, he is in uh, California this morning. And uh, I, I just, uh, I thank God for our pastor and the burden that he has been under the last, the anointing that's been on him the last several weeks with the word of God has been incredible. And I appreciate it. The bad part about that is that when folks hear that and see that, they want to hear that and see that in person. And so uh, I'm thankful that we have ministry that's in demand in other places. Although we miss him when he's not here, uh, we thank God that there are capable men that can step in and and uh, fill that gap temporarily. 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 1. David fled from Naoth and Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is mine iniquity? And what is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, God forbid, thou shalt not die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will show it me. Why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. And David sware moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. And he saith, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. I want to talk to you this morning for a few minutes from this thought. How close are you? How close are you? Put your Bibles down, lift your hands to the Lord right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for a holy conviction, God, to sweep over this congregation. I bind every spirit of distraction and disruption and destruction, and I loose the anointing of the Holy Ghost that will destroy every yoke of bondage. I'm asking you, God, to touch the lives of those that have entered into this place today. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I was thinking this morning... You know, when we're living in sin and living in the world, we're nothing more than a minion of Satan. 
I know you don't want to hear that. But when we make up our mind that we're going to walk in the calling of God and the anointing of God in our lives, we go from a minion to becoming a mark. You're walking around with a target on your back right now. The enemy would like for you to be discouraged. The enemy would like for you to quit. The enemy would like for you to be distracted. But I want to tell you, that's not going to happen. Somebody hear me right now. If you'll stay in the will of God, if you'll please God with your life, I'll promise you, like Jonathan told David, you're not going to die. I feel like telling somebody, you're going to live and not die today. Come on. The enemy thought he had you cornered. The enemy thought he had you where he wanted you. But God sent me here on this Sunday morning to tell somebody, everything's going to be all right. You're going to make it if you'll just stay in the will of God. Israel falls into sin and requests of God that they be ruled by a king. Isn't it something when we get away from God, we want to be led by the flesh? Come on, you want to know, you want to know how you can tell where you are in your relationship with God? It's what or who you're being led by. If your flesh is more prevalent in your life and you're more interested in pleasing your flesh than you are pleasing God, you're not being led by the Spirit. You're being led by the flesh. Come on, I'm going to help you right here. If you're more interested in blending into the world than you are separating from the world, you've got a spirit problem that needs to be taken care of The flesh needs to be overcome by the Spirit. Now, I'll just tell you right now, God is going to deal with somebody in this room today. As I woke up this morning, God began to make me to realize that we're living in a very, very crucial time in the lives of men. Now, I want to tell you something today that we're closer than you think. Uh, See, I said we're closer than you think. Amen. I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt, like David said, I'm one step, just one step from death. You don't know what's going to happen by the end of this day. And you don't control that. You may think you're in control of your life, but you're not in control of your life. All It doesn't matter if you're 5 or 55 today. All God has to do is just close his hand and it's over for you, my friend. You say, preacher, you're trying to scare me. Oh, yes, I am. I want you to understand that you are one step away from eternity. 
And the best thing that you can do is be sure that you're not in favor of men, but that you're in the favor of God. That you're not living your life to please others, but you're living your life to please God. So, Saul raised up from a small and humble village, from a small and humble tribe, Benjamin, to become king. But Saul can't handle it. Because you see, when you're walking outside of your calling and your anointing, eventually you're going to fail. He stood head and shoulders above everybody in Israel. It got him attention. But it wasn't the will of God for him to be doing what he did. I need to help somebody. I'm telling you, you can stand out in a crowd. You can be the most popular one in the bunch. But if you're operating outside of your calling and outside of the will of God... You are destined to fail. Somebody hear me right now. I want you to realize God's got a calling on all of your lives. He's got his hand on all of your lives. Don't try to operate somewhere where you're not supposed to be. So Saul is found faithless. And Samuel prophesies. In 1 Samuel 15 and 28, that the Lord hath rent or tore the kingdom of Israel from thine this day and hath given it to a neighbor of mine. Now watch me here. Saul here is a type of Satan. He was once favored. But now, out of his rebellion against God, he is rejected by God. His once exalted position before God has passed from his hands. And it's in this atmosphere that David is raised up. You want to know why you fight so much hell in your life? Because the devil wants you to be where he is. Somebody hear me right now. I said Satan wants you to be in the same condition that he's in. Falling out of the grace of God. Falling out of the presence of God. I wish somebody get a little fight in your spirit today. And say I'm not going that way. I'm not going to let that happen in my life. I'm going to cling to the hand of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I refuse to bow. I refuse to bend. I refuse to leave the presence of the Lord. I recognize where I need to be and what I need to be and who I need to be. And I'm going to operate within that realm. So David is raised up in this atmosphere. He becomes the target of someone that's been rejected. He's also from the tribe of Benjamin and a neighbor of Saul's as the prophet prophesied. David, the most unlikely, 
the youngest son of Jesse, is chosen and anointed to be king of Israel. He is then in God's timing. Everybody say God's timing. Set aside until the crown of state is placed upon him. Notice this. Though he is sent back to tend the sheep, he has the promise of kingship. Oh, but wait a minute, Bishop. I'm a child of God. I shouldn't have to go through this. Hello, somebody. I shouldn't have to face what I'm facing right now. I bet there were days when David said, I shouldn't have to walk through this. Sometimes living for God gets stinky. Hello, somebody. I said, sometimes it's not pleasant. Sometimes things get difficult. Sometimes things get hard. But when you've been called to royalty, when the hand of God has called you to be a royal priest, when the hand of God has called you to be a peculiar nation unto Him, it doesn't matter what any enemy in your life is trying to do. If you'll just keep your focus on the fact that God has called you and if He promised it to you, you're going to walk in it one day. But until He does, you just got to keep doing what you're doing. So, the Bible said, 1 Samuel 16 and 13, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Samuel anoints him with the horn of oil. He didn't, he didn't do a little dabble, do you? Sometimes I wish I could do like Samuel done. Some of you folk, when you come up here for prayer, I wish I could just. Because sometimes a little dab don't do you. Hey, can you shut this off so Pastor can't see it? I know he is. Some of y'all are going to flip out one of these days when I come in here with a horn full of oil. I'll tell you one thing. This altar won't be full of folks ready for prayer. Samuel takes the horn of oil. Put, Put that back up there for me, brother Tyler. Samuel takes the horn of oil and he anoints David, he pours it on, pours it on, and sometimes we need the Lord to be poured on us. And he anoints him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. Can I just tell you, 
that when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, the devil don't want to mess with you. The enemy doesn't want anything to come on somebody. I'm telling you, if you got the spirit of the Lord, you ought to be able to run every church service. You ought to be able to dance before God every time we gather in the house of the Lord. You know why? Because it doesn't matter what the devil tries to do. It doesn't matter who turns against me, who talks about me. It doesn't make any difference because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I've been anointed by God and nobody can do anything to me that God won't allow it to happen. Now watch this. You be seated. The Bible said, when an evil spirit, watch this now, from God troubled Saul. David, with the spirit of God, was there to soothe his soul. In verse 21 says that David came to Saul. And stood before him. And he loved him greatly. And he became his armor bearer. You know how hard it is to protect somebody that wants to kill you? I'll just leave that there. And it came to pass. When the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took a harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Hear me right now. The anointing of God will always overcome evil. Quit being intimidated by evil. Quit being intimidated by opposition. Quit being intimidated by those who have no power over you. The Spirit of God will overcome every evil spirit. had the opportunity to prove the Spirit of God further in chapter 17. It's Sunday school story. I won't stay there long, but Goliath of Gath and what today we know as Gaza was threatening to enslave the entire nation. And he wanted to best the mightiest warrior in the Israelite army. David saw through it with the help of the Lord. David bested Goliath and rallied the Israelites to utterly defeat the enemy and save the Israelite people. David is beginning to apprehend some of the promises of God. There's something different about the people of God that make them sought after but you can be sure it won't last 
The enemy may be on your trail right now, but you can be sure it won't last. Discouragement might be hanging around your house, but you can be sure it won't last. Disillusionment may be hanging around, but you can be sure it won't last. Sickness may be hanging around your body, but you can be sure it won't last. I wish somebody would hear the word of the Lord today. God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? I want somebody to know. Now, let, 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 me, let me go the other way. If God is not for you, you are at the disposal and the mercy of hell. Whatever hell wants to do to you, God can't stop it. When you're out of His will and you're doing your own thing, how close are you today to eternity without God? You've heard me say this before, but I know it's morbid. But I'm going to tell you something. Our world is messed up. You can't even go to McDonald's without worrying about getting blown up. Do you hear me? In our own nation, on our own military bases, two this week in the United States of America... Our military men got shot in their own military bases. Hear me right now. I'm telling you, we drive up and down the road. I know y'all have seen Facebook and those of you that are unrighteous and, and look at that. I know... You've seen this week that my Modi bit the dust. And I'm going to tell you, listen to me, I, I know the hand of the Lord was upon us and things can be replaced. But Brother Kevin, we were that far, literally that far from a car coming in the cab of my motorhome. That far. What, what do you say? I'm trying to tell you, you are that close to eternity. You don't know what's going to happen between now and tomorrow. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm trying to tell somebody, you better get a made-up mind today. Not next week or when it's convenient for you. But you better make up your mind. I'm throwing it all in. I'm going to step into the will of God. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. How close are you? Oh, clap your hands to the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost right here. Listen, don't make any mistake here. The world will never accept the Spirit of God in their midst. But you 
must choose this day whom you will serve. The people of Israel are free, but the stage has been set for David and Saul's relationship to explode and fall apart. It's been prophesied that Saul's office of king will come to an end. The lifestyle, the perks, the fame, the adoration. It's something he craves like a mother's milk. But Brother Stephen is coming down. It's going to fall. Because you see, when you're, when all you're interested is the attention of men. And all you're interested in is folks saying, look what he's built. Look what he's accomplished. Look what she's, come on somebody. You better know this. All of that is going to disappear very quickly. In fact, immediately at the coming of the Lord or when you intersect with your eternity. I don't know when that's going to be, but I need to ask you how close are you this morning? Do you really know? Is it really worth gambling? Is it really worth taking a chance? Oh, I'll be all right. I'll be all right, preacher. Everything's good. Look at the world. Things seem to be going all right. Look at me. I'm driving a nice car, got a good job, living in a nice home, got a good family. Somebody hear me right now. Eternity is not interested in what kind of car you drive, what kind of house you live in. Eternity is forever. And when your life is finished and you breathe your last breath, however that comes, there won't be another chance. Beginning of chapter 18, I'm I'm trying to hurry. Beginning of chapter 18 of 1 Samuel, we see the point of no return. Separating David from Saul. It's the beginning of a civil war between the two. Verse 6 of chapter 18, and it came to pass as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel. Singing and dancing and to meet King Saul. Note this. With tabrets, with joy, with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played. Saul has slain his thousands. And David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth. And Saul eyed David from that day and forward. So you want to know why we apostolics become the target of every other belief system in the world? Because they're intimidated by what we stand for. Four. Now, the Bible said the pace quickens and Saul is out to kill David any way he can. And verse 11 says that he 
cast a javelin. He intended to kill him. But Paul writes to the church at Ephesus and he says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We have, we have in the church, we have a protection system. Help me, Brother Stephen. What do they call that That. Anti-missile system over Israel. What do they call that? Iron Dome. Ours is not iron. But the Bible said this. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against it. You just keep firing those missiles. You just keep throwing those darts. You just keep throwing those javelins. It's only going to get so far because God's got me in his sight and he's put a wall around me and protected me. You Come on, I'm trying to tell somebody the devil can't take you out. The devil can't overcome you. The devil can't defeat you. So watch this. Her name was Merab. The eldest daughter of Saul was to be given to David for a wife, but she was taken away. And another daughter, Michal, was given to him as a trap. Better be careful who you listen to and what you receive into your life. Saul set David into battle. With a hundred Philistines intended for him to die in the battle. And David slew two hundred. In all this the Bible said, watch now. Here, this is the challenge to you and me right now. The Bible said in all this David behaved himself wisely. Let, let me just say this. For us. God's people. There's no place in God's economy for you and me, regardless of circumstance, for us to act ghetto. You know what that is? I'm not stereotyping here. Don't don't go away. No, I want you. You know what that is? This is my turf. And if you get on my turf, I'll do whatever I can to keep you out of there. I'll kill you if that's what it takes. Come on, church. Ah, listen, this isn't your kingdom. This isn't your territory. This isn't even your church. It belongs to God. Listen to me right now. And when the enemy comes against you and tries to get in your territory, you listen, you don't even have to defend yourself. The Bible said the Lord will fight my battle for me. Come on. Quit letting people distract you and disrupt you and take your attention what is off of what is your 
calling and where God has placed you and just keep walking. Listen, I want somebody to know right now that God's got you right where He wants you. You're going through what you're going through because God's going to make something better out of it on the other side. You can be seated. We must always behave ourselves wisely. It's what makes us different. But God didn't leave David defenseless. In the midst of this turmoil and drama, God brings David a friend, a comforter. Verse 1, and it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And when another plot was hatched in 19 and 2, but Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David, and he told him, All Saul's plans. If you'll listen, God's trying to help you in your circumstance. If you'll listen, watch watch this, watch this. How many of you have ever been going through something in your life that a few or no one else knew about? But when you got to church and the preacher stepped in the pulpit... He preached right to your circumstance. Come on, lift your hand right now. You see that devil? You can't slip in here. You hear me right now? I'm telling you, God's got your back. He knows if you'll just stay in tune, if you'll just listen, God's going to send a word to you that'll get you, help you to navigate through your circumstance and your situation. God's not going to let you die. Now watch this. Michael, his wife, helped David escape another plot against his life. But please notice David was not raised up out of the sheep pasture unprepared. When Saul had a bad spirit and needed comforting, 1 Samuel 16 and 18 said, Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I've seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that's cunning and plain and a mighty valiant man and a man of war and prudent in matters and a comely person and the Lord is with him. What, what are you saying? Uh, listen to me right here. The Lord has you where you are. He's teaching you something right now that's going to help you for the future. He was in the sheep pasture. But he was using his time to spend with God, learning skills, developing faith in God and receiving the power of God. Now watch this. This is where you are right now. Listen to it. Psalms 144 and 1, a psalm of David. Blessed be the Lord my strength which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. That doesn't mean on Facebook. Oh, I'm preaching right now. 
I laugh at Pastor. He calls them keyboard warriors. Man, it's easy to hide behind that keyboard and say whatever you want to say. That wasn't what David was talking about. <laughs> ah, my fingers to fight. My goodness and my fortress. My high tower and my deliverer and my shield and he in whom I trust. Now as I hurry to a close, I come to the portion of scripture that I opened David is frightened. No doubt he's completely confused. His whole worldview is turned upside down. He has the promise of being a king. Why is this happening to me? Come on, anybody ever ask that question? He feels the presence of death so very close. The line between life and death feels so thin. The truth is that the line between here and eternity is always Thin. An oil patch in the road is all that separates us from death. An open cut that receives a staph infection is all that separates us from death and maiming. David says, but the Lord, truly as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, there's but a step between me and death. You have an enemy this morning that wars against your soul, and his name is Satan. The devil is angry because he fell from the grace of God. Luke writes, Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He was like Saul. He was anointed. God said to Lucifer, the name of Satan, before he fell, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I've set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Isaiah said, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nation? Hear me, the devil hates your soul and he has an ally in your flesh. 
He prays on the understanding in our spirit of the scripture. The Bible said, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. We have one shot at this life. And we better get it right. That's why David was worried. That's why you and I fear. But God hasn't left us without a way and without comfort. There's a comfort in His promise. You may think you're in the prison of this world. But God promised to Israel after their 70 years. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. The Lord is your deliverer. I want you to bow your heads right now with me. He's the one who gave his life for you and waits for you. But beware that there's one step between you and death. The Lord sent me here on this Sunday morning, woke me up this morning with this in my spirit choose you this day not tomorrow not next week not when it's convenient choose you this day who you will serve but more than just being delivered this day God wants to raise you up in that last day that terrible day of the Lord and the depths of his promises are beyond our comprehension would you stand with me today Paul writes to the New Testament church and this is what he says but as it is written I hath not seen nor ear heard Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But believe them we must. You see, how close are you this morning? How close are you? John said, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him. A thousand years. I want to ask you a question before we come to pray. Have you been confused between the death in this world and the promises of God? Does it look sometimes like death has the upper hand? Paul said it this way. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality... Then shall be brought to pass the saying that's written. Death swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? 
Oh, grave, where is thy victory? I ask you this morning, how close are you? How close are you to your eternity today? If I were you today, I wouldn't take a step out in the aisle and turn toward the exits. But I'd make that step out in the aisle and make your way to the altar today. And make your calling and election sure. To be sure that God knows you and you know Him. It was 15 years before David went to the throne. Another seven years until he was king over Judah. Twenty years he waited for the full promise of God.